Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success in the studio with me as normal, Mr. Phil Jesser, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. Now, this episode, we are talking about the principles of profitable proposals. We've gone alliteration crazy in the saleschatshow.com studio today. Mr. Jesson, you are in the chat for this one because you mentioned we should record this episode because of some experiences you've had with a client. Yes, recently I will uh, kick off along that uh, journey. Um, I think it would be fair to say that uh, salespeople are not particularly fond of having to put together proposals if they can achieve the sale without one. That's probably to be encouraged. But from time to time, of course, we have to produce a proposal. And Mm. let's not forget that sometimes said proposal will influence decision makers and decision influencers that we were not able to eyeball. So I think item one on this is if it needs to be done, let's do it properly. Uh, What I mean by that is to follow the sales process, which as you know, chaps, is NASA. Needs, agreement to needs, solution, agreement to solution. Oh, simple as that. Acronym City. Run, there we go. Run NASA by So again. the needs, of course, are established yeah. through face-to-face questioning in many cases, although there might be some information on a web inquiry or something. But essentially, it's a question-led process. The agreement to the needs is an effective summary, saying to the prospect, so if I've, un- if I've understood you correctly, A, B, C, D, by. The solution, of course, comes there and then or on another day sometimes verbally, sometimes through slides, uh, in this case, through a written proposal. Then, of course, we need to make sure that we've got agreement to that solution. And sometimes that's where objections are encountered and we deal with those and we try and gain commitment. But the point of my rambling is that if NASA is the sales process, the early part of a written proposal needs to follow that model Exactly. Yes. And the opening page needs to do the N and the A. The opening page needs to go into detail, a lot of detail, nicely about what the needs are, uh, preferably using little comments like, we discussed this and you emphasised that and you pointed out that we need to be aware of. Half a dozen of those is all that is needed. The client that I was working with the other day, which is the one that you mentioned in your introduction, Uh, Very disappointing to find that uh, page one of their written proposal uh, has got three quarters of it uh, is an introduction to them. Yes. Followed by a statement, and I mean a sentence, that says, as a result of our meeting last Friday, we understand your needs. That was it. But that was it. (laughs) Now, I'm saying that we need to be seen to be going into more detail about our understanding of the needs. Yeah, but you're being very radical here, aren't you? Because what your client was doing was doing what almost everybody else does. So if everybody, are you saying everybody else is doing it wrong and only only your way is right? (laughs) 
Are you the only uh, wh- one in step and everybody else is marching what, out of step? What I'm saying is that if, if we're happy that the sales process is a question-led process before we get anywhere near a solution, then a written proposal is no different. Yeah, I'm teasing you really because you know that I agree that yeah. <laughs> that everybody is doing it wrong if they're doing this. You know, we were founded in 1843. Yes. We have offices in 17 countries. What a load of nonsense! Yes, but sales chat show listeners, the important point we're having a bit of fun here about about this. But the most most salespeople, I think, are doing it badly. Yeah. I, I yeah. genuinely think the majority of when we get our hands on people for the first time. Yeah. Most of the value propositions, the sales pitches, the proposals are so, you know, us orientated and not customer orientated. It's quite yeah. shocking. Still, to in very sophisticated industries, very well, large clients. Well, I, the, the word the word us doesn't actually appear on page one. I would suggest it goes yeah. you, we, I. So you, the prospect. You said this. You indicated that. Yeah. You emphasised. We talked about. We discussed. We agreed, key point, we agreed. I have therefore put together a proposal. I have therefore talked to our tech department, blah, blah, blah. But the we bit is we in discussion. It's not we, our company. Absolutely. I once accused a client who's showing me their sales presentation for me to comment on that I said, your your presentation looks like it's been weed all over. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, because on every slide it says, we do this, we do that, we do the other. And I said, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, what they want to know is what they're going to get, you know, from their perspective. I mean, we, we've poked fun previously, you know, around sort of pitch proposals. Like you say, we were established in 1843. Here's some here's some awards we've won that you've never heard of. Oh, I forgot of. that bit, yeah. Yeah, and, and the map of the world. Now, I, I, I'm oft, I'll often poke fun of it. If the client says, I need a global provider who can deliver in these zones, then something like a map of the world is relevant because that shows the value. But if you're only selling in the USA or you're only selling in wherever, you know, Guatemala, then you only need to talk about that. So I think Phil's thing, the needs leads then on to tailoring what you do for the client. You only tell them the things that they're going to be interested in. I, th- I think the, uh, the world of uh, written proposals is essentially a drag-and-drop world, paragraphs that can be lifted around yeah. that have been used before. But I would suggest that the principle of an effective and profitable written proposal is get the front end right, get the back end right, and you could probably get away with murder in the middle. But you've got to get the thing right at the front and the back. And the best way to hook someone's attention is to start talking about them. Yeah. yeah. You know, just exactly. basic, basic, basic principles of, well, interpersonal relationships. <laughs> yeah, any relationship, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, any, and any sort of thing. Um, so, so what? So we, we started with the needs. We started with the client's needs, understanding the client's needs, etc., and then we are having the benefits and the value our solution, the solution bit, provides. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're going to go on to investment required. Well, just on the subject of the solution bit, maybe 20 years ago it was pure text, but of mm. course today it can be all sorts of things, charts, graphs, cartoons, video, uh, video links to this, that and the other, all sorts of good stuff. Video testimonials can be embedded in the electronic yeah. version of it. 
it. And, uh, and go to saleschatshow.com website and look for our episode on using video as part of yeah. sales proposals. I think that will be a, another thing for folks to look at, another episode to consider. But the more visually exciting you can make it, because the current trend online is for we're living in a much more visual world. Yes. So we were used to reading, you know, dry, turgid reports. But now people are giving up with when it's not visually exciting. So, you know, the whole world of infographics has exploded in the last few years. People are expecting data information in graphical forms. So turn your proposal into, you know, like a long infographic with lots of charts and diagrams and tables to bring it alive. Because that's what people, they're in an environment now. We live in a world now where that's where we're surrounded by. And so if your proposal goes back to text, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't engage people anymore. And and in terms of positioning pricing in the proposal, Graham, you got yeah. some thoughts on this? Well, you should. I mean, people will always want to know what price you're going to charge for this. Yeah. So what? How much money they've got to invest in whatever it is they're going to be doing. But often you find a proposal that says, you know, this will cost from ten to fifteen thousand, depending upon the exact, you know, nature of what we deliver. Well, I was always always recommend doing it the other way around, saying this will cost from fifteen to ten thousand to put the lower price last because this is all to do with the psychology of the recency effect so most people remember the most recent material yeah. not the not the first material some people who have something called the primacy effect where you remember the first thing you're told but most people remember the last thing they're told and so that's the recency effect so if you tell people it's between 15 and 10,000 the figure in their mind is the lower figure you've told them it can cost up to 15,000 they're aware of that but their subconscious is going, oh, it might be as low as 10,000. Whereas if you go the other way around, their subconscious is going, oh, it might be as much as 15,000. You don't want them to think that. You want them to think the other way around. I think there's another important point in uh, Graham's uh, contribution there, and that is that there's nothing wrong with presenting possibilities mm, and yes. saying, as Graham's just done, fifteen to 10,000, but it depends on what you choose to do, whether you go down yeah. plan A or plan B. Because there may well, of course, be another meeting or a presentation still to come. So we don't want to commit ourselves yet, maybe. So we are looking at plan A, plan B, plan C. Look forward to talking about it in I the mean, future. I will, um, to that point, I will typically actually call my sales proposals, the title on them and the, uh, when the client receives them, and the title in if it's sent electronically is often draft yep. discussion document or draft action plan version one saying, because it's... Yep. usually having a very consultative, solution-focused approach to sales, I don't necessarily want to always be going at this stage with a prescriptive, I want to go, here's some options to discuss further. Well, we've talked about different buyer types yeah. before, and for those buyers who want to take control of our proposal, they will want to change it. Um, yes. But if there are a range of possibilities, then we're allowing them to change it within a template that we've submitted they might want to do that. And on the subject of action, obviously we need to finish with a very clear call to action at the end of the proposal. So here's what happens next. Yeah, I, th yeah. I, th I think for me that um, that last paragraph or two, um, it needs to be nice, what I mean by that. It might include a thank you. Mm. Thank you for the factory visit. I really appreciate the time that you took to show me around. Uh, I think it needs to be confident. I We're confident that we can address the needs as discussed. And I think it needs to be optimistic. 
Uh, we look forward to the prospect of working with you in the future or maybe working with you in the next three years. Go for it uh, over a longer time frame. I think you had a comment on, a, on the time frame as well. Yes, and, and Graham and I, we were just, we were just talk, chatting about this before we went on air, we, um, of, of having an implementation plan at the end of your proposal with the stages you will now go through from, from all the way from the beginning, all the way through to delivery, implementation and review. And uh, we both share a, a common little, yeah. uh, little tactic. I give them, I give them a, a list of things to do next, but I tick off two or three at the beginning. So that we've already done that. So, you know, the first one in the, this kind of list at the end will be, you know, initial meeting, tick, because we've had that, because otherwise how did they get the yes. proposal? You know, uh, establish needs, tick, you yeah, know, done that. Something else, you know, write proposal, tick, done that. So subconsciously what they're seeing is this is a list of things, but they've already done three of them. Mm. And so they feel part of the, they feel the process is going on, so they're much more likely to then want to do the next step, which is... So it's a joint action plan, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't have any specific researched evidence, but when you look at personality profiles, I also feel that that plan, where you lay down in steps, suits different personality styles. So if you're very action-orientated personality, the driver, it's all about taking action. If you're a steadiness personality, where you like to take things a little bit steadier, step by step, you can see all the steps laid out. For the analytical buyer, it's very nicely detailed. And I think for the expressive buyer, they probably just look at it and think, oh, thank goodness somebody's doing it. And I don't have to do all the, have to do all the boring stuff. So yeah. I, my hunch is there may be some psychological... Yeah. Uh, behavioural profiling, why that why that's such a successful tactic. Yep. Piece of research done, I think it was the Journal of Consumer Research on loyalty cards, uh, a car wash, I believe, in Mexico, where um, there were two different types of loyalty cards. In both cases, you had to get eight, you had to visit eight times to get your free car wash. One of them was eight blanks. The other one was 10 yeah. squares with the first two filled in as complementary and um, 34% more people finished the ones that where they were given two complimentary mm, and twice as fast because the brain doesn't like the loss. No. And it also says, hey, we've started. And I, I do wonder whether those ticks yes. have a similar, yeah. have a similar, similar kind of effect. Yeah. So hopefully that has given you some food for thought, folks, on uh, principles of profitable proposals. So hopefully all of your proposals will be uh, taking a step up and a step forwards. Maybe something you might want to do is if it's in Word format, just a piece, take your last sales proposal, go into the find function on Word, Put your name or the words I or we and see how many times that comes up. And then put the words, the customer's name or you in and have a look and see what the ratio in your proposals of how often you mention yourself and how often you mention your customers can be quite a shocking thing to do sometimes. Um, so then you might want to go back through and edit it. Mr. Jessen, and closing one, thoughts. Well, uh, thank you. Um, I, I think one closing thought would be, again, if we're going to do the thing properly, then do it whilst all of this stuff is fresh in the mind. Uh, I know as a salesperson myself, uh, years ago, I would probably work frantically Monday to Friday and then try and do a few proposals over the... No, if it's a Monday meeting, at least try and capture that first page yes. on the Monday whilst you can remember who said what and exactly what emotions went with it. Because if you, if you dislike writing sales proposals, and lots of us do, 
um, you'll find ways to delay and put yeah. it off. You know, that's that's human yeah. nature. You're if it's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Yeah. Mr. Jones, closing thoughts? Um, just uh, do what we always suggest. And I'm sure we've suggested this in previous podcasts, but you know, write your sales proposal from the perspective of the person reading it. Yeah. 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 So it is all about them. It's not all about you. Or give it to somebody who is not involved in your uh, spouse, friend. Get them to have a look from the customer's perspective. Sometimes fresh pair of eyes yep. can be quite... Uh, you may find your, your partner gives you some alarming feedback on how self-referenced <laughs> your sales proposals are. Not that I'm speaking from experience at all. Oh. <laughs> so thank you, folks, for listening into this episode. A ton more episodes, uh, over 100 at saleschatshow.com or from wherever you get your uh, podcast. And please feel free, visit saleschatshow.com com on the homepage. Submit your questions to us. We're happy to talk about them in another episode or indeed suggest topics or subjects you'd like an episode on. We'll be delighted to record those for you. In the meantime, from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, Phil Jesson, Graham Jones and I'm Simon Hazeldean. Just like to wish you good luck and good selling. have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling <laughs>